On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by South Central Ceiling and Paving, online at scsealing.com. Mel Hambledon Ford, Pepsi, Allstate Insurance Agent Mike Light, Eck Agency, Donlinger Construction, Big Corner Creative, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, and by Overland Charters, the official transportation provider of Newman University Athletics. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Kreps. The Newman Jets softball team continues its longest homestand of the year this weekend, hosting MIAA competition on Friday and Saturday at NU Softball Field. Friday, it's a doubleheader with the Jennies of Central Missouri. Then on Saturday, the Blue Tigers of Lincoln come calling. And to talk to us all about it, we've got the head coach of the softball team, Andrea Gustafson, here on the JetCast. This is episode 40 of the JetCast. Welcome along and welcome back to the show for you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, Three and sixteen on the year. Last time out, two losses against the Pitt State Gorillas, and two extremely different games. Four two, uh, you lost in the first one. Twenty three sixteen in the second one. So obviously, uh, you did both pitching and hitting well, but just didn't do them in the same game. What were your thoughts on the series against the Gorillas? You know, I thought that in the first game, the, the four to two loss, that we we got good pitching, we got good defense. We left way too many runners on base. I mean, we had a chance to, to blow that game open a couple times, and we just didn't come up with the timely hitting. Um, so I think that was the case in, in that game. The second game, complete opposite. <laughs> right. You know, we didn't really get the pitching or the defense, but, but our bats were on fire. And, you know, it, it's frustrating, you know, but it, it's good to see that we're capable of doing all three aspects of the game. We just need to find a way to put it together. Yeah, and two things about that. First, you know, Getting the the pitching and hitting in 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 the same game, uh, obviously, you know, I, how do you practice that? Is that that's not you don't just put together a practice routine and say, okay, well, we're going to hit and pitch well today. When you go out there, you know, uh, how do you how do you bring those two things together? Is there anything you can do to bring those things together? I think right now it's just trying to find the right combination of players to get the, out there on the field together. Um, you know, we have a fairly young team, um, a lot of inexperience, and we have some injuries and stuff. So it's it's been kind of hard to try and just find the right combination, you know, in each game, because I feel like we, we just keep missing it a little sure. bit here and there. So, well, and, and obviously when you go out, you know, when you, when you practice hitting, you know, at least, like I've seen you guys hit a few times and it's not like you go out and say, okay, well, you know, we're, now we're going to practice to hit when it really matters. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you want to hit every time. So mm-hmm. how frustrating is it to go out and, and know that the ladies are capable, but just not be able to do it in some games with, with runners in scoring position? Yeah. I mean, physically, we're, we're able to hit. I mean, I see it every day in practice. We, we've seen it in games. Um, I, I think lately we're, we're trying to put more pressure on the hitters in practice, um, you know, try to make it more game-like so, so there is some sort of pressure, um, you know, so hopefully it will translate better into the game. Um, and and we're, we've tried to do that. You know, we're going to do that pitching-wise and, and defensive-wise as well because I, I just feel like that that's what we need to work on is a little more pressure-type situations. Coming up here on the JetCast, we're talking all diamond sports this week. Next segment, we'll be talking with Taylor Olery, a outfielder from Topeka, Kansas, who is leading the Jets in average. And then we'll have baseball coach Drew Mouse on to uh, wrap up the show. So stay with us for all of that. And speaking of uh, Miss Taylor Olery, coming up next, boy, uh, three walks in game one. Didn't really see 
anything that she liked. And then four for five, seven RBIs in game two. Uh, so she certainly made the most of, of her afternoon and series against the Pittsburgh State Gorillas. What's allowed her to get off to such a great start offensively for you this season? I think Taylor's just a tough-nosed kid. I mean, she wants to win. She's competitive. Um, she brings fire every day. Um, you know, when, whenever things aren't going well for her, she still has that fire. She still has that desire. Um, and I think right now with her, it's just a matter of if she hates losing. She hates losing, and she'll do anything she can to try and do whatever she can to help this team. Emma Eck had been on a one-for-seven slide over three games, but last three games, I think she's got, I think she had two multi-hit games against Pitt State, and now in her last three, she's five of 11. So what's, uh, what's your young catcher been doing to try to get out of that slide? Obviously had a, a nice little three-game stretch here. Yeah, um, Emma's just somebody, she goes up there and battles. Um, I mean, she'll make pitchers, you know, throw a lot of pitches, but she'll foul off the pitches she doesn't like. She'll work to see the pitches she wants, and, and she's been really battling up there and making those pitchers work, so I think that's what's made her successful. What has been the key, do you think, offensively because it seems like your numbers have been going upward as the year has been along. Anything that the team has done better as a whole these last few weeks? Um, you know, I, I think right now that the team chemistry is getting a little better. They, they're starting to believe in each other a little bit more. Um, I think they all believe in each other, but sometimes the self-confidence isn't there. So I think, you know, you can, you can believe in somebody else, but you need to believe in yourself, you know, in order to, to be able to be successful. And I think that's slowly coming around. And, and that's something that you and I and Colin were talking about just before we started the camera here about how the, the team has been so close. And, and you mentioned the fact that you, you have such a blend, such a diversity of types of players on the team with veterans who have come back, who've been in the program, or veterans who have transferred in, and then, and then a lot of really young players who are getting really their first taste of Division II softball. What do you feel like is the, the key and the role for you as a head coach to try to bring everything together and, and, and put everybody in the right spot so they can have the best chance to help the team win? You know, I think they all need to realize that we're all here for the same reasons, and um, you know, to, to understand that the new kids want the same results as the older kids. Um, COVID's a little, hurt us a little bit in the fact that we brought in, you know, 13 new players this year. And you're, you, you tell they're not allowed to hang out, you know, like they normally right, do and I get know. that team chemistry. And so it's kind of set us back a little bit. But I think as the season's progressed, they've, you know, really started to get to know each other a little bit more and understand each other better. And um, I, I think moving forward, we're going to start seeing those results. Pitching obviously has been a struggle for you this year with a team ERA of seven, <clears throat> 7.90. Um, you, you did get some good pitching in Pittsburgh State in that series, but on the whole, what do you feel has been some of the issues with the pitching staff that you feel like need to be addressed to, to keep yourself in more of these games? Um, you know, pitchers... They pitch better when, obviously, they're, they're having runs scored for them and they have defense behind them. I think at times our pitchers are trying to do too much because maybe our defense hasn't been behind them, backing them up, or maybe our offense hasn't been producing. Um, so I think at times they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves. And we've seen it. I mean, they're capable of pitching and pitching well. Um, it's a matter of going out there and pitching relaxed and focusing on them and not worrying about what the defense is doing or what the hitters are doing and just focusing on what they need to be doing. Well, and you mentioned the, the, the confidence in the fact that they have pitched well. Anna Voltian went seven innings in that game one loss against Pitt State and gave up just three earned runs in that game. So obviously she's shown the capability. Mm -hmm. What did you like out of, you, uh, out of what you saw from her in game one against, Pitts, uh, against Pittsburgh State? 
great. Yeah, I think she had confidence in what she was doing, and she she just pitched relaxed um, against Pitt State, and the defense was behind her. So I, I definitely that think that helped her to pitch relaxed. Um, you know, we talked to her yesterday about how she felt, and she said she felt relaxed that day. And we need to definitely try and get her going along that same path. And we're going to try and, you know, maybe have her face more batters in practice just to get that confidence going to bring it into the games as well. I didn't look up to see if this was a record. It feels like it is, but you guys are here for a long stretch of games. You've got eight straight games at home, which I know that that's got to be, that's got to feel fantastic to just be able to kind of lock in and, and stay here in, in Wichita. I'm assuming that when we get back to a more normal schedule next year, that this is not always going to be a gift that the MIAA gives you. But um, I know that you'll have some road, road games on the back end of this, but, but how nice has it been to just kind of set up camp here in Wichita and just kind of stick around and play oh yeah it's definitely nice you don't have to you know plan all the road trips or figure out what these kids are going to do with their classes and stuff like that so I think it's a good time for us to you know really get together as a team and and focus on what we're trying to do and start heading in the right direction Lincoln obviously a little bit more pedestrian uh coming in on Saturday but I know you're not going to be overlooking central Missouri number one in the MIAA in batting average hitting 354 they're second in home runs with 20 and they're third in the MIAA and in ER so we'll get you out of here with this one. Uh, the Central Missouri Jennies obviously is going to be a, a real big challenge for you guys coming up this week. What do you feel like are the keys to Central Missouri? And as you've studied them and, and looked at them on film, what have you seen from Central Missouri that concerns you as a, as a head coach? You know, um, obviously they play the game really well all the way around. Um, and we've we played some other teams that are that are right there with them. Um, so I think for us moving forward, we need to focus on us and, and what we do well. You know, and we obviously play better when we're relaxed and we're upbeat. The dugout, I thought that we were really upbeat on Saturday and, and we stayed in the game the entire, both games the entire time. And um, focusing on what we need to do, um, you know, just playing relaxed, giving everything we have and, and just playing hard. Well, you mentioned how, how good they are and but you've played other teams and boy Roger State I don't know if they were expected to be this good but they're number 12 in the country this year and uh, former Heartland Conference rival of Newman and, and they have certainly uh, stepped up to the challenge this year in the MIAA uh, and so it, it won't be like you haven't played against this competition so far this year how strong do you think the MIAA is in softball this season? You know, I think they're pretty strong. I, I feel like um, you know Roger State can really hit the ball um, and they showed that against us um, you know, and I think everything comes down to us. I, I feel like we can compete with everybody, but it's a matter of us going out there and, and doing what we're capable of. Um, so th- there definitely are some good teams. Um, I like to focus on what we need to be doing um, because I feel like if we, you know, get the pitching, the defense, and the hitting that we're capable of, we can hang right there with some of these teams and. We, it's just a matter of going out there and doing it and playing with the confidence that we need to. It's going to happen at the old softball field coming up on Saturday against Lincoln, but first Friday, Central Missouri, 2 o'clock for the first pitch. You can keep track of everything at NewmanJets.com. Newman Softball back in action at NU Softball Field this weekend against the Jennies. Coach, thanks so much. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Taylor Olery, a sophomore outfielder from Topeka, Kansas, leading the Jets softball team in batting average, will join me right after this on the JetCast. Fact is, every insurance company hopes you drive safely. But Allstate actually helps you drive safely with DriveWise. It lets you know when you go too fast and brake too hard. With feedback to help you drive safer, giving you the power to actually lower your cost. Unfortunately, you can't do anything about that. Now that you know the truth, are you in good hands? Check out your Allstate agent here in Wichita, Mike Light 
at 316-684-0121. You are a business owner. Every day you concern yourself with trying to grow revenue, increase margins, manage cash flow, live within compliance, maintain staff, understand health care, raise capital, satisfy customers. With all of this on your plate, you haven't even noticed your parking lot. Your parking lot says a lot about your business, and South Central Ceiling and Paving gives your parking lot a voice. Let South Central Ceiling and Paving take your parking lot off your plate. Start now at scceiling.com. South Central Ceiling and Paving. The Newman softball team is continuing action, the longest homestand of the year. Jenny's of Central Missouri coming in this week, and joining me is a sophomore right fielder. Had a fantastic game you just heard about, Taylor Olery, sophomore from Topeka, Kansas, and a former Hutchinson Community College Blue Dragon as well, Taylor Olery on the JetCast. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you for having me. Uh, obviously, you have been off to a fantastic start offensively, 383 on the year thus far. What do you think has been the key to your offensive success to begin the season? Um, definitely a mentality. Uh, towards the beginning of the season, it was definitely a struggle with COVID and everything. We haven't seen a live pitch, and I couldn't tell you how long. So <laughs> that first getting started in the season was definitely a struggle, but just getting back into the groove of things and continuously just working and having a good pitch selection, I mean, is probably the biggest thing. Well, you certainly showed that in, in that last series that you guys had with three walks in the first game and then four for five in the second game. How do you adjust in between games when you go through the one game of the doubleheader and you really don't see anything that you like? And then obviously you got a lot of pitches you liked in the right. second in the second game. Um, just always seeing my pitches. I mean, that second umpire behind the plate was definitely a tighter strike zone. So I was able to really get the pitches that I wanted. They He kind of forced all the pitchers on both sides of the game to definitely pitch on the plate. He was not giving them anything off the plate. Um, I definitely was kind of expecting some walks after I hit maybe one or two home runs. I thought maybe that's why they were walking me the first game. But, you know, like I said, just having good pitch selection is probably the biggest thing for myself. That's something that we don't necessarily talk a lot about because, you know, obviously the umpires are, are part of the game, but it's not a part that you worry about. But there are differences in how the zone is called. And as a player, you know, especially a pitcher, but also as a hitter, you do have to adjust. How much do you guys talk in the dugout? How much do you guys talk with your coaching staff about making in-game or mid-doubleheader adjustments based on what the strike zone is and, and how you interpret it in that first inning of the second game after getting through the first game of the doubleheader? Right. So a lot of times when batters go up to bat, we talk with each other when we're on the on-deck circle and we get back to the dugout. Or if we're in the field first, like when we play at home, oftentimes we have the pitchers and catchers talking to us like, hey, he has a tight strike zone or he's calling it high, he's calling it low. So just kind of be aware for that. If he's not going to give us the, those highs those high pitches we shouldn't be swinging at them in the first place so just kind of being aware and having that softball iq to kind of know where to go from there it was your first multi-hit game in your last six so i don't necessarily want to call it a slump but how right. nice was it to to come out and and really you know hit the ball and, and hit the ball very hard in that game and and also drive in seven runs it felt good for sure um i definitely felt like i was able to also pick the team up you know Hitting has always been kind of my stronger suit on the softball side. That's why I am where I am today. Um, so, I mean, just making those adjustments and 
And that was a really high-scoring game for you guys as well. I mean, there were like probably close to 40 runs. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you stay engaged? Because obviously, you know, you guys gave up a lot of runs, so you've got to stay positive. But uh, you guys certainly did did your fair share of the scoring as well. For sure. Um, I think the biggest thing is that Saturday we all really came together and we fought back. We never gave up. We always kept going. You know, there was times we probably could have been run ruled, you know, but we kept going back on the offensive side, getting deep in the count, finding our pitches, being able to find those bases and getting people on and being able to move those runners around is always going to be huge for us. Now, you are a former Jayhawk uh, community college player from the Jayhawk Conference, a Blue Dragon from Hutchinson. What's been that transition like? And, and you, she had, if you didn't, uh, weren't aware, Taylor was an all Jayhawk East first teamer for the Blue Dragons back in 2019. Obviously, 2020 didn't really get the chance to repeat with that. But uh, what's the transition been like from the junior college level here at Kansas and the Jayhawk to the MIAA? So at Hutch, I feel like we still had a pretty high competitive softball area I would say um, a lot of people kind of sleep on Juco and I would say that even though the consistency was pitching wise I think that's probably the biggest change now is the pitching we had we definitely seen some good pitchers in the Jayhawk conference rather but now I feel like it's more of a consistency of seeing that good pitching and a lot of rise ball pitchers I would say more so right now than I saw at Hutch. Uh, rise, rise ball, obviously, for those of you who are in baseball, not really something that happens in baseball, but because of the different arm angle, the ball can rise and rise pretty significantly in softball. And I, I've heard from people that it's a, it's so difficult to, to hit that. Why do you feel like, you know, and as a baseball player, you know, we don't have guys throwing rise balls in baseball. Yeah. It's not a thing. So uh, how, why is that pitch in particular? It's normally thrown, you know, hard as well. So it's not just a fastball. It's a hard rising fastball. And then, you know, they've got so many different spins that they can put on it. Why do you feel like the rise ball, do you feel like that is the most difficult pitch to hit? It is incredibly difficult to hit. <laughs> and it's incredibly difficult to lay off of it, especially when, it's been a year that since we've all seen live pitch and we don't get to see that every day. It's hard to make that adjustment because it looks like it's coming in so pretty and then last second it just rises up. And so just having that discipline at the plate and know like oftentimes it's very rare for a pitcher to pitch it at the waist and it rise up. A lot of times it kind of starts high, ends high. So it's just having that discipline at the plate knowing that if it's going to start at the letters – it's probably going to end up continuing to rise up, so don't swing at that. Well, not only that, but you know, you you mentioned that you didn't have the the chance to to see live pitching for a year, and um, not only that, but you look at how your team has developed and and how you guys have have come together in terms of of working in the off season. You know, the, the pitchers didn't have a chance to pitch as well, but how much do you think goes into it in terms of 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 not being able to see live pitching? How important important was it last year to, to kind of put things together as you tried to work through the pandemic in order to give yourself the best chance to get the most reps that you could, even though they weren't in the game? Right. So front toss will only do so much, but just continuing to kind of find little drills to work on, um, hitting off the tee, continuously working on those reps to get that repetition that you need and just taking the swings that you can, even though if it's not live, I mean... You can only do so much when you don't have that live game and live pitching to give to you, but just continuously working hard. Well, and, and not only that, but you've got the rise ball pitcher and, and you know, 
if you come out to the NU softball diamond, and you should, by the way, and the Jayhawks and the uh, the Jets are going to be uh, in action this weekend against Central Missouri and Lincoln for a doubleheader. It's the longest home stand of the year. But that pitching rubber, you know, people watch baseball. That pitching rubber softball is not that far out there. So it's a very, very split decision that you have to make. How do you pick up? What's the? I know that the spin is key, but how do you try to make that calculation in, the, in those, you know, 0.5 seconds that you have, whether or not it's going to be a fastball or a rise ball, you know, as soon as they let it go. So recently in practice, we've kind of been working on finding where your pitch is, like whether it be inside, whether it be outside. So just kind of locking in when you get to the plate, knowing where you're going to swing, where the ball is, kind of having a mentality at the plate with what your count is. And another thing is kind of watching the ball out of the pitcher's hand, um, kind of focus more in on the ball itself rather than everything else she's doing before she releases the ball, I think is definitely huge. So final question for you. You've got Central Missouri and Lincoln coming in. Obviously, uh, the Blue Tigers are, are going to be their own challenge, but Central Missouri is the team you've got first, and well, they have been one of the premier MIAA teams. They are very high up in a lot of the categories. What's it going to take to be competitive with the Jennies? Just continuously working as a team on and off the field, always coming together, having that great energy. I think Saturday we had everything we needed. We just didn't really piece it together. Um, For sure, eliminating some extra bases that we give the other team when we're in the field and attacking the ball when we have the chances to instead of letting it attack us, things like that. Just going back to the basics and having small details come together. From my hometown, a former junior blue from Washburn Rural and out of Topeka, Taylor Olery leading the Jets with a 383 batting average. Once again, the Jets are in action. Longest homestand of the year, Friday and Saturday. They've got Central Missouri and the Blue Tigers of Lincoln coming in. Taylor, good luck. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. We will wrap up with baseball coming up next. We've got Drew Mouse, the head baseball coach for the NU Jets, when we return. When remodeling your kitchen or purchasing a new home, choosing the right countertops can often be intimidating. Trust the quartz and granite experts at Keystone Solid Surfaces to work with you every step of the way, from design to installation. Keystone Solid Surfaces fabricates and installs the highest quality quartz and granite countertops. So remember, when you're ready for new countertops... The key is Keystone. Keystone Solid Surfaces. Call 316-778-1566. That's 778-1566. Or go online to keystonesolidsurfaces.com. Great performances on the court do not happen without great support off the court. That's why Newman Athletics is excited to announce the opening of its new Aviator Club. We invite you to join us in the important mission of supporting the Jets. You can make a huge difference in the lives of our 300 student-athletes by signing up for one of the four club levels. Becoming a member is easy and will have a great impact on Newman Athletic Facilities, recruiting, and more. Plus, memberships come with privileges like game passes, discounts at the new online Jet Store, special events, and much, much more. So join today by clicking on the Aviator Club on our website, newmanjets.com. And as always, thanks for your support of Newman University Athletics. Back here to wrap up this week's JetCast, talking some more Diamond Sports this week as we head out to the baseball diamond, the Newman Jets baseball team. Salvaging a win over Missouri Western last time out to go to 3-8 and eight on the year. Now it's on to Northwest Missouri State. Three games set beginning Friday at 2 p.m. at McCarthy Field. Joining me, head baseball coach Drew Mouse. Coach, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, 
Missouri Western series, obviously, the first two games did not go the way that you wanted. What do you feel like was the the shortcomings that you guys had in in the series against the Griffins? Obviously, very nice to to try to to salvage that game on on Saturday for for a win. But what do you think maybe led to the the issues you had against the Griffins? Uh, we just got to play better baseball. Um, you know, I think I need to do a better job of of putting guys in better positions to succeed, um, making sure that we're all on the same page of, of what we need to do and um, more or less just find the right combination of of pitching, hitting, and fielding to be all in the same game. So you guys, You've really, you know, as you've gone through the season, you've really tinkered with a lot of different starters. You've t- tinkered with the lineup. You, you've, you've played a lot of guys. So you've had a chance this year in your real your first real season because remember last year they didn't get a full season in your first year as head coach uh, if you're listening um you know how how nice has that been just to be able to be with the guys and know you know i guess you don't know that you're not going to have another interruption that could always happen but at least you know that you're going to have a whole season to to work on things uh i wish i wish we would have had the first two weeks of the season um that weather wouldn't have played a role you know I, i think um, we've got we've gotten some good outings from guys lately that it, it would have been nice to have had bad outings before conference play sure. instead of opening up with Central Missouri and and trying to learn on the fly. Um, but I mean, it is good that we're that we're able to you know kind of take positives out of everything that goes on and and try to work those positives into the lineup and whether it be the pitching rotation or, or the offensive lineup to see where we can give ourselves the best chance to win. How good was it to see the guys, even after those first two losses against the Griffins, to, to stay with it, stay in it, and, and grind out that, that win in game three? Yeah, anytime you can get a win in the MIAA, uh, you're, you're happy to see it. Um, I thought thought we should have played better. Um, but, again, that's that's something that I need to I need to look at and that, that our coaching staff needs to do a better job of, of making sure that they're ready to play um, and, and that we play better. Obviously, you always want to score more runs. And, and I don't know necessarily, you know, without being there game in and game out, probably you think you probably every coach thinks that they could have scored more runs, gotten the better timely hits. But in terms of average, you guys are third in the MIAA, hitting 300 on the year, one of only three teams to, to be above 300. What do you feel like your team does well when it is hitting the ball well? Um, I think we do a really good job of. Um I think we do a really good job of sticking to who we are. You know, every now and then we'll, you know, Devin will take a big swing. Um, Kofu will take a big swing. But for the most part, um, you know, not trying to be too big and, and just try and hit doubles, try and hit balls over the infielders' heads, um, take a walk when we need to take a walk. I, I think knowing who they are, I think that kind of comes with having more upperclassmen. Um, that helps with with our offensive scheme and everything like that. Tyler Push and Devin Beard have been two of the big offensive leaders for you. And Hayden Vanderpool. And, and he had the, those Push and Beard are the two regulars that have hit over 325 and Vanderpool and limited action sitting over 400 this year. What have those guys done to try to shoulder the load for you offensively and, and keep you in innings? I think um, just what I said. You know, I, th- I don't think that they've I don't think that they've tried to do too much. You know, I think Devin's the one out of those three that have has every now and then you got to rein him back in. But um, you know, I think. 
Tyler and Hayden specifically have done a really good job of um, knowing when can I get big here, when can I just, when do I need to just try and hit the ball at the middle, um, try to get on base any way that I can. Um, and then Tyler's been very good on the base path. So it's it's watching them play and, and especially the energy specifically that um, Vanderpool and push play with in the outfield um, is very good to see day in and day out. You guys, obviously, this year in many games have struggled with pitching, struggled to get off to good starts with, with pitching, and last in the MIAA and ERA. What have been some of the issues that you've seen that have been consistent for you throughout the year in terms of the pitching staff, whether it be starters or guys coming out of the pen? Um, I think it's a mixture of the type of arms that we have uh, just across our rotation. So we have guys that um, I don't think really fit a relief pitching standpoint, uh, the role of a relief pitcher. So then you're kind of thrown into start them or don't throw them at all type of thing. Um, and, you know, we've we've been trying to, to figure out a way. You know, Connor Langrell's one of our better arms. Cray Fantasy is one of our better arms. And we're trying to – at the beginning trying to make sure that if we can get a lead then we throw those guys um to hold on to that lead and then uh, it was at northeastern um coach ray and myself just just, just talked about like Connor langer one of our better arms we need to start him like if if we lose with our better arms on the mound then we lose with our better arms on the mound but we're not going to lose games because one of our better arms is sitting in the bullpen the entire time and um you know that's I don't know how you would talk about it analytically, but there's that back and forth of just um, how you feel about your team and everything like that. And, you know, I thought putting Langrel in the rotation, and Coach Ray would agree with me, putting Langrel in the rotation um, at least gave us a chance that we knew our better arm and give our offense some, what I would say would be breathing room. Um, now he gave up four runs this weekend in the first inning, but then held on. And, and through great after that. So um, at least gave us a chance to to climb back in and go, you know, run an inning and run an inning to, to get back into it. So Another guy who came up early this year and struggled was Carson Jacobs. But in this Missouri Western series, talk about a guy that went to a different role and gave you two scoreless innings against Missouri Western. And in that second appearance, he had to work around two walks. So kind of mm-hmm. had to find some mental toughness there, but was able to do that. What have you seen out of Jacobs that, you know, has led to his improvement and, and obviously two scoreless innings against Missouri Western is exactly the kind of performance you want to see. Yeah. I, I think his, the biggest change for him since the fall is, um, you know, his velo, he was up to, I think 93 in the fall. Um, and so he could just every now and then just I'm going fastballs here and bolt by him. And then, you know, as as everyone would attest to in Kansas early on, you're not throwing what you normally can uh, just because of the weather and everything like that. Sure. Um, so he kind of learned that I can't just throw it by people. Um, and he's been working with Coach Ray on some mechanical things, too, um, to adjust timing and everything like that. And he's he's done a great job. So, um, you know, I think spoon feeding him inning and inning and inning and, and trying to gain that confidence back um, him and Tristan Wattow as well trying to you know they're freshmen trying to get them the innings at a time to make sure that they're building confidence 
I think that's what we need to keep doing. You have played a lot of freshmen this year and trying to acclimate guys, and, and MIAA is not necessarily the easiest conference to, mm-hmm. to acclimate freshmen to. What do you think is the most important aspect of a, of a freshman adjusting from high school baseball to college baseball, especially with the fact that for some of your guys, you know, they really didn't even get a full last season wherever they were, whether it be high school or maybe they were supposed to go play somewhere else in college, and obviously for them, that really didn't happen. Right. I think it, I think it depends on where the kid's from uh, more than anything. You know, I think if you have a freshman, I'll, Carson Jacobs, who's from Kansas, um, you know, you get 20 games in the high school season, so it's pretty short-lived. Um, and for the most part, when you throw that hard, you're going to have a pretty good pretty good senior season, junior season, whatever. Um, guys that are from Texas, you know, they're seeing better baseball year-round. Um, and so it's not so much about the um, shell-shocked mentality of how good baseball is. It's more getting them to understand that, um, you know, one through nine is good. You know, pitchers one through eight are good. It's not we knocked the, pitcher, the starting pitcher out and now we're – we can coast here, you know. Um, so I think that's the hardest thing. And then just the practice schedule of having to do everything correctly every single day to get better and not just I can take two days off here and there or whatever. Northwest Missouri State coming up this weekend. And once again, that's a 2 p.m. first pitch coming up on Friday. And then obviously they'll have the doubleheader Saturdays as the MIAA has adjusted their normal three nines on Friday, Saturday, Sunday for this year only. It'll be back next year. At least that's the plan. The Bearcats have been a little bit of a struggle for them offensively. They're hitting 229 on the year, but obviously you can't overlook anyone when you've been scouting the Bearcats. What's on your report about Northwest Missouri State? I, I think every every weekend when I look at the opposing team and I'm going through the scouting report and everything like that, you know, to me it's can we do our stuff correctly? I mean, can can we catch and throw? Can we move runners when we need to? Can we throw strikes? Um, really, uh, until we get to that point, until um, I find the right combination, till I f- till we get to the right practice point, um, I, I'm not too worried about the ins and outs of another team. You know, uh, we've got to play our best baseball first before we can worry about what we need to do to beat somebody else more than anything. Well, I'll get you out of here on this question then. Okay. It, it sure, sure would be nice to get off to a good start in a series and win that first game. What do you think is going to be the key to getting off to a good start against Northwest Missouri State? I think, uh, I think first inning zero. Um, <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, first inning zero. Um, you know, I think the ability to – um, jump on top of them for a change. You know, I think against Northeastern, um, we actually had the ability to do that. I think they jumped out to a lead, but then we went on after that. Um, and I think being able to do that more often, especially with how our offense has been playing lately, I think that's the key to us winning the series this weekend. Drew Mouse, head baseball coach, once again, the Jets are in action on Friday at McCarthy Field, 2 o'clock for the first pitch as the Jets open up their home series against the Northwest Missouri State Bearcats. Coach, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. That is our show for this week. Make sure you like and subscribe and tell a friend as well, and we appreciate you watching. We'll be back once again every Wednesday here on the JetCast. So until then, Blake Cripp saying, Go Jets.